like, are you kidding me? It's like, yeah, I bought this yacht off of money that from work I did years ago. And I just sit on my butt and make, make income. lifelong podcast. It's Thursday, so that means it's time for yet another conversation. And I am so glad you're spending this part of your day with us here. And I, I know I bring on some pretty interesting people and I have not let you down again this episode, my friends. So for those of you who are looking at breaking into the digital space, those of you who are building your own courses or digital products, or those of you who are sitting around wondering how you can capitalize on everyone moving into the digital world right now with the world going on possibly a second lockdown a lot of us are back at home we are wondering how we can build businesses or how we can share our knowledge using this fantastic technology and boy oh boy i'm not going to let you do it by yourself i am definitely not going to let you do that by yourself so that's why i have brought on our next guest to help us kind of make sense of all all of that world, uh, because I firmly believe that once uh, once more of us get into this space, we're literally going to change the world. We're going to change the world. We're going to break down the systems that we have right now. We don't need to have walls full of degrees to really learn things. And this uh, this conversation is going to help you get to that place. So as usual, I don't introduce my guests. My guests introduce themselves. So first question off the bat, who are you and what do you do? Thank you so much for having me. First of all, I feel very honored to be here. Molly, thank you so much. And yeah, dear listeners out there, hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Tina Dahmen and I'm an online entrepreneur. I help people to create profitable online courses so that they can work less themselves, but equally serve more people. And how are you changing the world with this? Yeah, very good question. So changing the world one person at a time. <laughs> so definitely helping out people to, um, you know, work less. I've been through uh, two burnouts myself and that's where that came from. Um, so I decided to get into the online world to create digital products and had great success with it and compared it to my previous business I was running. I work, uh, compared working hours, compared like my personal happiness score, whatever you may want to call it, right? And just like the return on investment um, for myself and also for other people, I could reach so many more people with my knowledge and my expertise and with my content rather than working one-on-one. So both sides really uh, benefit here, you as a content creator and as well as your students or your clients because you're not trading time for money anymore you are now able to serve on a much, much broader scale than as if you would just run one-on-ones or group programs. Yeah, and then also, of course, reaching other people, making knowledge more affordable with for other people. Like we had this conversation just before, um, reaching people in rural areas yeah. who should totally also have 
access to that. So before we get into rural areas, where are you located right now? Because I'm in Canada and this is what I love about working in the digital space. Tell everyone where you are. Yeah, right now I'm actually in Vietnam. And yeah, normally I live between London and Bali. So I was on my way to Bali before the world shut down, basically. And I came here with a bunch of friends and I thought I'll stay. Um, My visa was, I was meant to stay three months. But when I came here, I was like, there's no way I'm going to stay three months. I just want to go Bali. I'll stay one month and then I'll leave. But then things happened in February. And I was like, "Mm, maybe it's much smarter to stay here because it's, not so smart to get sick in Bali. <laughs> so I decided to stay here and it's been six months now. So that's that's where I'm. Wow. No. Wow. But hey. doing this work, being a digital entrepreneur has allowed you to split your time between your favorite places in the world. Right. That is, that's really cool. Yeah, correct. So anyway, it doesn't matter, right? Location doesn't matter because of that. So you oh, can just so be stuck cool. anywhere anyway. <laughs> So what are the benefits for, let's talk both for the students and for content creators. What are the benefits of creating digital info products and why should we even focus on them in the first place? The benefits for, well, content creators, obviously you stop trading your time for money, right? You can, you can sell endless amounts of copies of your online course. You will never run out of stock you will always have another copy. <laughs> you don't need to let your people wait until the next stock comes in and stuff like that, right? And like with other products, for example. So there's an unlimited amount of resources available if you want to open the doors, yeah? So working less, like, you know, all the hustle and work, 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 um, attitudes and stuff and I love it too like I'm a hustler myself however I've learned better also like it does hit me every now and then so I have been as I mentioned twice through a burnout because I wasn't taking care enough you know I don't um, sometimes don't take enough breaks and all of that because I get so excited about my work so it just gives you the opportunity to work less if you don't have to work you don't have to work right so if you just have money coming in on autopilot as a passive income stream, I mean, obviously, once you've set it up and stuff, that takes some time and it doesn't happen overnight. I'm totally not saying that. But once it's up and running, you can just do that. You can just not work for like however long, right? It's just possible. And that's what I see as the biggest benefit, really. Yeah. And what what do you think working with your clients, what kind of products and stuff are they designing and how is that impacting their clients? Yeah, my clients, so I help people to create um, scalable online courses. So I teach them exactly step-by-step what they need to do in order to create a successful online course because there is so many course creators out there who just jump in and should just dive in and they have the amazing idea and they have the passion for it and then they just get started without really knowing exactly what to do they just get so excited and unfortunately a big myth is oh just you know I just create a few videos and I just chuck it up on a website and see how it goes and most cross creators don't even sell a single copy if any like you know that's um yeah so there is different uh, procedures and different steps you need to take um before you even get started before you even think about recording any videos any content yeah 
So one of the things I always suggest is um, before you, like one mistake people make is they want to provide many different solutions to many different problems in one course. Yeah. Right. Because they haven't really validated the idea. They haven't really brainstormed. They are like a little bit all over the place. Creators are creative people, right? <laughs> so we do need to have some systems and structures in place to follow some guidelines, some checklists. So I always go through with my students and we brainstorm ideas and we um, have, you know, we then nail down the one which will actually sell because I believe an idea has to, like a profitable idea has three different components, which is it has to have passion. It has, you have to have knowledge or if you don't have the knowledge, then you can also sell other people's knowledge. That's fine. Like summit recordings and stuff like that. Right. But there also needs to be market demand. So just because you are very excited about your topic and maybe your mother or your grandma or your friends, maybe as well, because they like you and they confirm your idea and things like that doesn't necessarily mean it will be a successful product at the, at the end. Right. So I walk my students through how, how they then go can go ahead and really validate the idea and really make sure it's a long-term game plan because there's no point in doing anything short-term in the passive income exactly um, <laughs> right so you do want to make sure you build that strong foundation from the beginning and do you you do want to make sure that you have these these right steps in the right place you start with step one not with step step 10 right <laughs> so yes. often digital creators jump straight to Oh, let's be on camera. Oh, let's worry about my backdrop. Let's worry about my tech instead of wondering, okay, is this actually a viable idea? Does my market actually want this? What are the actual pain points that are coming out of my dream customers' mouths? And how do I give them that tangible result? Most business owners are like, oh, that's boring. I don't need to do that. That's old school business. Let's just jump into the flashy. Oh. I'm so glad you teach your people the hard work ahead of time. Yeah. And then everyone is surprised, right? So in this round at the moment I'm running, I'm doing live support uh, coaching calls every week as well. So it's for me at the moment, not hundred percent passive, but I love it also. So you can have support calls, of course, during the week, if you like, and 75% of this round have changed their course idea after they've been through my exercises. Like, oh my God, I'm so glad I learned about this because otherwise they would have wasted so much time, so much money, energy, resources to what? Only find out at the end, well, here's a product, but nobody wants it. What now? Right? And maybe then get this courage to never do anything again. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's so important. I like that you're talking both about fully passive income, like what you put in the work, you put it out into the world, it's evergreen content, it's automated appropriately, and the money just flows in after that if you drive traffic appropriately. But also having that flexibility to engage with your people, talk to your people, change the format this round, get some more per, like interpersonal connections with your people, connect with them, and then use that knowledge. Like That's what I'm doing right now is using that knowledge from my people to add to my course to create the next level up for my people to solve the next problem for them and that's that's what I love that freedom of being a digital content creator of yeah I can walk away if I want I want to spend the week at the beach I want to go to Bali forever I I can do that but then when I feel like reconnecting with my people it's so easy to just jump on and connect with them yeah absolutely it also depends on your 
promise on the transformation mm, you yeah. want your student to get out of it, right? So yeah. you really need to think beforehand as well. How big is my promise? And if it's so big, but I actually don't want to be involved myself, can they really get there without my help? If you don't ever want to coach, right? Yeah. So if, if they cannot get there without you being involved, well, maybe you want to rethink the yeah. promise. Or create a different level. Like if they need you to be there, well, maybe that's the next step up in your value ladder where you're offering more like small group coaching or one-on-one and your course, your completely hands-off automated course can be a lower ticket item on your value ladder. It can still be a high ticket item, but it could be somewhere else in the structure. And that way you're really, say you have a hundred people in your course, then you maybe only filter down maybe 10 or 20 people into your small group coaching, and then you're able to engage with them on a much deeper level, still providing right. that tangible result at a different, a different intensity to everyone. Right, right. So what drew you, like what inspired you to go from that burnout state to fully in charge of your life and fully in charge of your business? How did you, how did you draw that connection? Um, well, I was always, um, I've been an entrepreneur since, I had my first online business 2014. So I've had always my own thing going on, but however, it wasn't always, you know, digital products. <laughs> but once I got my first digital product up and running, it was a guidebook for Bali actually, by the way. Cool. Um, and yeah, it, it was financially, it blew my mind. I made more money in two months than I made with my previous business in the entire year profit that is right and that is where I then knew this is not like I'm not saying that to brag or anything (laughs) just saying that because that was like oh my god from now on I know this is like there's no going back because I know both sides now it's like if I compare the amount of hours I've put in before in my previous business compared to now my days and the profit margins are amazing right like the digital product business, you've got the highest profit margins. I don't know of any other business which has higher profit margins. Do you? No. Like I was having a chat with one of my clients who is a, he sells e-com products and stuff. And he's like, oh, it's so easy because my funnel pages don't need to be super pretty. And my, my copy doesn't need to be amazing. All I need to do is prove that my product works and give people a, a place to actually buy it. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, okay, it works. His model works. But the thing is, his fulfillment charges are super high. He has to constantly either be at his email or have someone checking his email. He constantly has to be working in order for his business to continue to work. And then when that product is out, he needs to go find the next product, et cetera, et cetera. But then I was talking to one of my mentors who's big into selling courses and whatnot, he just bought a boat and he, or a yacht. I'm sorry. He bought a yacht. Um, and he's like, you know what? I make millions of dollars off of a course that I designed five years ago. And I literally pay one virtual assistant to keep it going. And that's it. It runs itself because he put in all of that work ahead of time and spent, I think he spent about a year really tweaking it, listening yes. to people, adding to the feedback making that course as fully finished as possible. And now it's completely hands-off. Like, are you kidding me? It's like, yeah, I bought this yacht off of money that from work I did years ago. And I just sit on my butt and make 
make income. Like, yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Very amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That is the definition (laughs) of freedom. Yeah, for sure. That is so awesome. Yeah. You just don't need to worry anymore. Like if, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. But I can see why you say one year, I can totally, uh, I would 100% agree with that to really perfect it, to really, really go back. Because once you've recorded once, it doesn't mean it's perfect. You still continue to take on your students' feedback. You still observe, oh, what kind of questions are they asking me? Are they asking me the same questions over and over again if they do? So then, you know, you need to go back to that specific lesson and refine because you don't want to be answering that same question over and over again, right? You just want to go back, edit that video or maybe re-record it, put it up on your online school so people don't ask that question anymore. And then you move on to the evergreen webinar and so on and so on, right? So that whole whole thing could easily take an entire year, yes. Yeah. And when you're listening to your people, maybe you don't need to re-record a whole video. Maybe it's just creating a new checklist to make sure that they they're on they're on track. Or maybe yes. it's creating just a small little piece of of content that's really going to propel them forward, that's going to help them over that obstacle that takes you five minutes to make takes your virtual assistant five minutes to make. And that way you're, you don't just create a piece of content as big as a course and as valuable as a course and just leave it. It's a piece that needs to grow, but eventually it's like a child, right? You have to give it a lot of attention for the first (laughs) little bit of its life. And then slowly it will, it will fly the nest and then it does its thing. And it's just incredible to see it kind of run on its own, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Love that comparison. Yes. <laughs> so before people start designing any kind of digital product, be it a course, be it a mastermind, be it a group coaching program, what should people keep in mind before they before they even dive into it? Yeah, they should definitely sell it before they create it. I preach it morning till evening like it is. Excuse me? What is this wild idea? some people are surprised about it what do you mean I should sell it before I create it honestly yeah because that is the ultimate validation once someone pays you the first dollar for it it and the amount doesn't matter right now at all right once someone really pays you something for your product then you have the ultimate validation then you know you can go ahead and you know, worry about your backdrop and worry about your light ring and worry about what microphone and so on, right? But not before that. Yes, you do need to do your research. Yes, you do need to check different sources online and, you know, um, brainstorm and this and that to kind of like validate. You can have conversations with potential clients, but it doesn't mean they would actually buy. The ultimate validation comes once someone puts down money on the table and pays you for it. And then you can worry about the rest. <laughs> so we're, we're figuring out what we're actually going to talk about. We're figuring out our tangible result for our people. We're going out and we're finding our people and we're listening to them and we're figuring out what their pain points are and how we can solve them. And then we're selling our course before we actually film videos. So what are we selling then if we don't actually have the course? Are we selling an entry to a wait list? You are selling the program because you will run the first round, will run as a beta group. 
you will see your students live and you will drip feed them the content. You will, survey, you will survey them beforehand to make sure you're having the right modules in place, you're having the right lesson plan, and you create along the way. According to, you will see what works, right? What questions are they asking? What do they want? But your survey is so valuable. The survey will give you all the answers you need. It will give you the content you need to create for your course. It will give you the answers of the copy you need to create for your social media posts, for your emails, for your sales copy, anything. Yeah. Like the survey is like the golden bit in the whole entire thing, right? Like that's that's the part I myself also always go back. Every time I run around, I still send out the survey in order to see maybe there's a new objection which I objection which I haven't addressed yet in my pieces of content. So I know, right? And then maybe I forget how people speak because I obviously I educate myself also of other mentors, or other marketers who speak a different language than people who are just starting out. So it's always good to go back, have the survey open when you write your copy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm always telling my people, you have to literally listen to the words that are coming out of your people's mouths. Because yeah. once you start to, using their own words, their own pain points, their own struggles in your copy, in your ads, in your social media posts, that's when those triggers in that dream customer's brain are going to go off. And they're going to go, this is the only person who gets me. They understand me. They know where I'm at and they know where I want to be. They know what's frustrating me. They know what obstacles I'm facing. Yes. And you're just like, yeah, it's because you told me. But you can't get that information unless you as the entrepreneur are willing to ask that information. Yes. And we can give out surveys or we can send out an email to our list. What a crazy idea. Just ask. <laughs> but I love so often it. we, there are digital creators who are so often in this, it's like they're creating their courses in a bubble and they're like, I am the smartest person in the world. Nobody knows this content better than I do. So then they go and create a course, but they haven't connected it back to their people. So first off, they're not using the words of their people. So their people aren't going to be triggered to buy. And second no. of all, they're because they're creating it in a bubble, they're not engaging with the actual, the obstacles that their people are actually facing. So they could be missing out on three, four, five modules that are really the linchpin to get your people the result that you're promising them. Hmm. It's like doing your homework is important. <laughs> so social media is super crowded. Let's let's talk social media. It is super Ooh. saturated. Everyone's throwing out content. Hashtags are starting to become irrelevant in some cases. It's just it's a lot of nonsense out there. So how do you suggest content creators stand out? Either we're selling products or we're just trying to build influence. How should we stand out from the crowd? Yeah, very good question. And I guess it depends on which social media platform you choose, right? Where is your audience hanging out? Obviously, that's where you want to hang out. And I don't um, think you should move. I don't think you should be everywhere all the time unless you master one and you have one fully up and running. You know it inside out. You know what's happening. You know the behavior. You know when to post, what to post, where to post. You know the guidelines of the platform and you don't, you know um be naughty and get you know kicked out or restricted or shadow banned or anything like that 
So just focus on one platform, but how to stand out. I have um, my own system, of course, as well, <laughs> um, which I, uh, it's called the seven pillar content system. And it's like a framework, which is based on inspiring people, connecting pe with people, educating people, entertaining people. Right. So there's for every day I have like a different theme. So I have my content bank and I go back and I go on Monday, Mondays, for example, I go inspire desire. And then and I have like a whole lot of content um, stored or like content prompts or inspiration. How can I inspire people? Like, what is my message for today? Like really have a purpose of every single post you're putting out there, like have quality content, like if you want to, because people don't always want to just be inspired, they also want to connect with you, they also want to be educated, right, so you have to have these three pieces in place first, before you can ask ever for a sale, for an opt-in, for anything like that, you need to show you're likable, people can identify themselves with, so share your stories, wherever your point, uh, point A was, at some point where your audience is right now, where you want to pick them up, to bring them to that point B, share your stories, connect with them, connect to effect, inspire, desire, connect to effect, educate to dominate, right? Oh, I love and that. <laughs> <laughs> and then after you come qualification for consideration, why you, why should someone listen to you? Well, because yada, yada, yada. Here's the list of my achievements, right? Here's what I've done for my clients. Here's my own story, my own success story. Or here are the things, you know, which didn't work. Here you can learn from it. And then you pitch and sell well, right? But before that, you got to do all the other things. <laughs> don't just fill your feed with sales, but also don't just fill your feed with pictures of your dog and your cats. It's yeah. about creating that balance, but ultimately... It sounds like what you're saying is the ultimate way to stand out is to be planned and be authentic rather sure. than trying to compete against what everyone else is doing. For sure. Yes, yes. You got to have your own core values in place, which are, be reflected, which are going to be reflected in your copy. Like you can't just, just don't be another, like just be you. Like there's nothing more easy than that, right? And I always give my students also like the um, exercise when they get to their own content creation to really figure out their core values, their company's values as well. That's two different things. Like what does your brand want to reflect? If it's personal brand, then that's very similar, of course. If it's like a different, comp like it's a, if it's like a company brand, then it's a little bit different, but also could be similar to your own core values because you're obviously working in it. So yeah, there is, and that's what also makes you stand out from the competition because nobody can ever be you. Nobody can ever share your experience. Nobody can ever share your own success story because nobody has this exact same experience nobody can share the success stories of your clients which you have helped and so on right so that's why i don't really believe in competition it's like even if there's other people who teach course creation and there is many others yes but they do it differently they have different style of teaching they have a different personality as well like you know maybe sometimes you cannot listen to someone for like so long or you just don't click with them but maybe with someone else right and you just gotta find that way how to communicate yourself effectively to the world like that's just really it <laughs> there are so many accounts out there um in, on a variety of different platforms that are really just cranking out content but they're not in you don't feel a soul behind them. You don't feel mm -hmm. like there's a person there. You don't feel like there's trust to be had between you and whatever that business is. 
and I, I just want to say to you guys at home, you wouldn't become friends with someone who feels inauthentic and who just wants to sell you things, but you definitely become friends with a person who's willing to be somewhat vulnerable with you or willing to share their struggles or their ups and downs. And you want to celebrate successes with the people that you trust. So if you think about your social platforms as your first impression for a lot of people or your way of connecting to your old friends, that way you're thinking about your social media presence as a place to build trust and respect between you and your people rather than just okay, well, this account is doing well, so I should post just like them. Or this account is doing um, this kind of strategy, so I'm just going to copy that strategy. Don't do that. Be different, be unique. But ultimately, as you said, nobody has the, is uniquely positioned as you are. Nobody has the experience you do and the knowledge you do and the clients you do and the method you do and the way of thinking you do and the connection to your people the way that you do so once you realize yeah. the power in all of that that is where you're going to set yourself apart from everyone else oh oh yes seems so simple why isn't everyone doing this because <laughs> people are afraid people are afraid on social media still yeah. yeah i have a lot of people i work with who are they're at a stage where their business is fantastic but in order to level up, they need to have that authentic connection on their social media. But they are so afraid of opening their Facebook profile to be public. And that is the biggest obstacle for them. I'm like, but you're the most incredible person, I tell them. I'm like, you're so interesting. Your thoughts are interesting. Your perspectives are interesting. Why don't you share these with the world? And they're like, oh, I, my family doesn't support me or my coworkers mm -hmm. don't support me. But when you when you build up those barriers and you you say oh well these person people aren't going to support me you're cutting off the rest of the world there's probably people who are going to not only support you but are going to become your raving fans and if you create content that matches their needs in a way that will actually get them the results you promise they're going to start throwing their credit cards at you take my money solve my problems but we're never going to get there unless we're willing to take that chance to be vulnerable, to be open, and to share our thoughts with the world. Yeah, oh. for sure. Creating oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> content on a regular basis can be absolutely exhausting. And some people don't want to get to their computer every day and, and write today's email and today's Instagram and and stuff like that. So you had mentioned before that you have like a content bank. So what, tell us a bit more about that. Sure. Yes. So I would suggest, um, I also don't go every day and sit there and think about what to post anymore. I used to do that until, until I figured this one out because that takes up so much brain space and energy and, you know, motivation. You're not every day motivated, you know, to like, oh my God, social media again. You just yeah. sit down and then once your, a month. And then your content ends up kind of like dipping in quality because you're like, oh, correct. here's yet another story about the same thing. Yes, correct, correct. And you don't want to have that. So sit down on a day where you feel really, really inspired and really like, yes, I'm going to go for it now. And pre-write all your content right structure it to these seven pillars which i've just mentioned and then write and write and write and then just schedule it in advance and you don't need to worry about it until next month or next week or however you want to 
you know, have your own system set up. So I have a full content bank. I go back to and I'm like, okay, you know, content prompt here. That's a story. Sometimes I change it up to have a different copy depending on where you, you email it or if you post it on Instagram or on Facebook. Okay, Facebook and Instagram is kind of like the same people a little bit, but Instagram has like less characters. So you got to shorten it a little bit. In Facebook, you can just write and write and write. Um, but also people's attention span is getting shorter. So you don't want to have it too long. So also I repurpose all my content, like my blog posts, for example, I write like a very long blog post. So for entrepreneur.com, I write a lot for them. So if I, before I submit, I just save it. And then I like divide it. I cut it into different pieces, put it up in my content bank and take little snippets and share it on my social media. So right? when you're if you repurposing wanna... content like that, there's so many people who talk about doing that kind of stuff, but I find that nobody's talking about when you actually reuse that piece. So are you saying like on Monday you have your big blog post and then throughout the rest of that same week, you're, de you're delivering those snippets of the same pillar, or are you spreading them out a little bit more? Are you using them on the same platforms or like, yeah. How does that work yeah, for you? Question. That depends on my launch plan. If I am, that depends on a topic, what's happening in my launch launch at the moment. So if I am launching a new a round of how to get your, um, if I'm, if I'm launching my five day challenge, which is for example, get your uh, uh, course idea kickstarted. So that means I need to inspire. I need to motivate. I need to like get people excited. Right. It doesn't mean necessarily like super educated. So I need to like find this type of content. And then I blast it everywhere, like everywhere. Because what? So one post lasts four hours on Instagram until it, people don't see it anymore. Then I send the blog post via my email. Not everyone opens it, but maybe they see like the snippet on Instagram. Then I post the thing on Facebook. Then I post a different, a similar thing on my Facebook page and so on. So that happens around, the same content happens around the same time during my launch phase, depending on what I'm launching. And then six months down the line, if you launch the challenge again, people have forgotten people who are, or people who are already, been through that experience they are now in a, in a different stage and they are maybe in your program already or they you need to educate them on other things they don't pay attention to this kind of content so it's fine you can repost it like and most people don't even remember did you post exactly this post like six months ago nobody will ever remember that right but also you can just like switch around like a few words that takes you a few seconds to do that there's actually a, i forget what it's called but there's a psychological phenomena when we repost things like that um, i forget where the study was done but they were talking about reposting content and whether or not it was a good thing or a bad thing do, like does it trigger people to remember it and and therefore you lose uh credit because of it or does it do something different and it does something different long story short um what it does is it uh -huh. actually triggers people's brains they go, I think I remember this. This sounds familiar. And that's yeah. going to help break down that barrier, even if you're giving them the exact same thing. But if you spread it out long enough, it becomes a familiarization memory as opposed to a, oh, she totally just posted that content last month and I totally remember it all. <laughs> and it's like, they say that you have to, you have to like spread your brand or, <laughs> show up like seven to 28 times before someone's actually going to build trust with you yeah and just repurposing the exact same piece of content at the right time counts as that and it's it's the same thing you've already 
put out into the world. It's great. Less work. Love Interesting. It. Thanks for sharing. I didn't know that, but it makes total sense. Yeah, of course. Familiarization. Yeah, nice. And it's great too, because you have, if you're doing it six months down the line, you have brand new leads who are coming in and getting that piece of content for the first time. And the right. people who have already seen it, it might be long enough away that it's not a fresh memory and they're actually getting new information out of it. Because as you say, maybe they've gone through your program. They're at a different stage they're seeing the world differently they have different pain points now and now you're they're actually able to get a different layer of content like we hear you know russell brunson right so he's always talking about the exact same stuff but you can have a room full of people who are at different stages in their businesses all getting value out of the exact same piece of content he's delivering but they're getting they're getting information that's suited to where they are in their journey Yes. Then you come back a year later, you hear the exact same speech, but now you're at a different place in your journey and you're getting something different out of it. So, Correct. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> and my friends listening at home, you can't get that kind of um, high level value out of a single piece of content unless you're literally listening to what your people have to say, because that's mm -hmm. where you develop your stories. That's where you develop your solutions and your invitations for them to join you in your program, to even just join you for a Facebook Live, for example, just a chit chat. If you want to ask them a question, you have to engage them on their level using their words. Um, and that's, that's where all of your content should come from, is from an understanding of who you are, who your people are, and what your problem-solving method is. Yeah. <laughs> so Love it. Here's, here's my, uh, my future thinking question. I'm always asking people about the future. So say we're 100 years in the future, and now everyone who is inspired to be a digital course creator is creating courses, and they are listening to their people. They're developing real solutions. They're following your method for content and all of that. They are flying high in their businesses. What does the world look like once we've inspired those entrepreneurs? What does the world look like then? Wow. In 100 years, if everyone is doing it, I don't know. <laughs> What is it? I don't know. Because I, I like to think, okay, I got into the world of digital courses and online education, I'd say like 10 years ago. And I did it as a research project for school. Because I believe that education should be accessible to everyone. Everyone, doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter what language you speak. And digital education is so easy to distribute as long as you have an internet connection. And of course, there are stumbles and hurdles and obstacles along the way, like certain communities I've worked with, um, when it gets really windy in the winter, they actually don't get internet, for example. Um, mm -hmm. But those are things that as infrastructure and technology improves, we can work on those. But if we as educators and content creators focus on delivering, creating amazing courses that are going to deliver incredible knowledge and incredible experiences, imagine being a kid in a remote community and having access to experts from the biggest cities in the world or having access to a specific teacher's methodology that connects to the way that you learn best. And I don't just mean children. I mean 
adults of all ages, children of all ages. So to me, in a hundred years, if if more digital entrepreneurs were inspired to share their stories, share their knowledge in a way that is like based on your systems, effective and based on actually changing people's lives properly, doing the right work ahead of time. If we inspire a whole generation of digital entrepreneurs to create those kinds of courses in a hundred years, I think that kids in remote communities and adults in remote communities will be inspired to live their dreams and not just think that they have to do the jobs that li- that exist in their hometowns. Yeah. Imagine inspiring those communities to stand up and share their knowledge with the rest of the world. I think yeah. that will really that will really level up and kind of level out the playing field for a lot of people. And I see. Yeah. Yeah, like I yeah, <laughs> super. I see passionate. where you're going with that because we are like the kind of like the transition generation, right? Our parents had like super traditional jobs and uh, were expecting us to do the same. But then here we come all with our internet stuff, which is kind of like, yeah, you know, half of my life I did also work in a traditional job, but the other half of my life I just did internet stuff. So we know both worlds. The next generation will only know the digital world, right? But imagine this, like you say 100 years, but I think maybe even faster, we have like some AI, some some sort of like AI component implemented in that, like have like live, I don't know what it's going to be, but AI is developing like so fast that you can have so, like much more personal experience interaction with your people in your rural areas and your villages. I come from a rural area as well. And you know, that would just be hilarious to see everyone um, growing up like that. It's just unimaginable for me because I grew up on a farm, like in the middle of nowhere, right? In the smallest, tiniest town, like 500 people. And we, I remember when I, when the internet came out and there was like still this modem and it took like 10 minutes to connect. And I was like, it would make like this noise and one page would take 10 minutes to load. No photos. Wow. <laughs> now you can just get irritated when it takes five seconds. What's wrong with my connection? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. And now with the world going into lockdown here in Canada, our students have moved almost completely online. And finally, school boards and, and education systems, both for children and at the university and college level, are starting to realize how important digital learning is for, yes. for them. And their businesses, they're making money off of this and they're realizing the potential as well. You can have one class of 20 students, let's say university. So you have one class of 20 students in a lecture hall because that's how many people can literally fit in the building. Yet you put that same course online and you can offer it five times. You can have hundreds of students engaging in that same content at the same time. Yeah. Oh, the possibilities. So if Amazing. digital content creators take on that, that hat and realize if we've been spending all of our time working one-on-one with our clients or we hustle it and we do some group coaching, at the end of that group coaching, we have a ton of information. We have questions they've been asking. We have problems they want solved. All we have to do is turn that knowledge and that experience into a course And you can run the course with the same people that you've been working one-on-one with. So my friends who are listening, it doesn't matter where you are in your entrepreneurial journey. It doesn't matter how big or small your service is. 
there is a way to use digital info products as a way to level up your business and to reach more people and to change more people's lives. <sighs> I love it. Yeah. I would like to say, add one thing here. Like I got this question the other day from one of my students because he's she she's a therapist, and she's been a therapist since fifteen years. And now she um she had one of her doubts was like, oh, why should I create this if someone else can get it for free on YouTube? Well, there's a billion reasons why. First of all, you're not on YouTube. Yeah, people also pay for convenience. Mm -hmm. People don't want to watch YouTube videos being interrupted by ads or trying to search something. People also like to just follow a simple plan, which is not given on YouTube, right? And it's not you. It's your personal brand where we come back to the branding again, right? It's you because of you. And when you create the courses, you're also able to walk people through the process. And when it comes to things that are kind of complicated or you're dealing with having to download a ton of knowledge to people, it's so much more effective, like for, from a teaching perspective, it's so much more effective when you don't, when you allow your students to put blinders on and you say, yeah, all this content might be available in the world. Yeah, totally. It's in the research library too. And there's studies on it too. And, and it's on YouTube and there's probably podcasts on it too. Oh, and I, I'm sure you can join all the Facebook lives every day, but if you want to waste all of your time, kind of just in just consuming you're never actually going to move forward. So from a teaching perspective, allow your students to put blinders on and say, okay, this week we are doing this and this is only what we're focusing on. Once yeah. we've completed that, then we can move on to the next step. And you're holding your students' hands along the way and making it so that they're not overwhelmed by this giant thing that they have to do in 30 days or 90 days or however long your course is. But really they just have to focus this is the task. This is what I have to learn. This is what I have to produce. All right, next step. And by the end of it, they've, they've moved mountains in terms yeah. of what they've been able to accomplish. Mm -hmm. oh. All right. So before we go, how can people get into your world? How can people get into my world? Well, people out there come into my world and connect with me <laughs> on my social media platforms. Tina Dahman is my name. I'm sure Molly's going to put the links in the show notes below. Um, add me on Facebook. Send me an email. Um, I'm going to drop two presents for you as well down below. Um, actually, yes, let's do that. Um, I can give you a workbook for the content creation, which will help you to, which will teach you the exact system. It's like 23 pages or something like that, which will teach you how you can stay on brand, create six months worth of um, content for your own brand. So you can have that. You can opt in below. And what else? Uh, maybe my little ebook about 10 things to consider before you create an online course. I think, yeah, those two topics, we covered those today. If you want to learn about um, those two topics more, get the freebies, check it out and yeah, say hello on any social media platforms, wherever. Find me there and say hi. I'm definitely going to take on your content creating challenge and uh, work my way through that workbook. So those of you awesome. who are listening at home, follow along because we're going to, we're going to put this system to the test. I know it's work. I've seen it. <laughs>
I, I know <laughs> it works. So we're going to do it and you're going to do it with me. So make sure that you guys click the links either down below in the video format when you see our beautiful faces, or if you're listening on your favorite podcast, podcast platforms, you can find it in the show notes. And if you're still confused and you can't find them, just send me a link and I will, uh, I will get you in contact. I'll get you all of those links for you. So make sure that you also download those workbooks because that's, that's a free gift for you guys. Like all you had to do was listen today and I'm sure you have a ton of questions and I'm sure you're like, oh, how can I, how can I make passive income like this? How can I deepen my relationships with my people? How can I continue to make amazing content that doesn't burn me out? Seriously, guys, the secrets are in those workbooks. That's easy. Just do it. <laughs> Any last words before we sign off? Anyone out there who has been thinking about creating, you know, an online course for a while now and always something came in between or whatever, like, you know, life happens, but really I just want to put out the message there. You just got to put in the work for a little while and you will reap the rewards later so much like it's so worth to just sit down and focus for a little while and just do it like really honestly like you will be so happy after once you've created a product which really kicks off which people love which give where people give you amazing feedback that also feels nice not just the money aspect right if you really have that feeling of well i've got i've done something useful for the world like my course is actually changing someone else's life teaching someone else a new skill whatever it is what you want to achieve with your course right it's really really nice it helps on every end like in your in your life it will change your life for the better it will change your student's life for the better so just just get in there and just do it yeah i love it <laughs> all right my friends that's it for this episode you guys have homework so download those workbooks get in touch with us and start thinking about how you can incorporate more digital products more info products more courses into your world and how they can really really level up your business so thank you so much for joining me for this episode guys i'm coach molly from three pines leadership and thank you from the bottom of my heart we are going to change the world my friends and it starts with you thank you for listening to this episode i will see you again next time until then remember i love you and be excellent to each other